0: Chapter 4 The body was half in the shade and half out. Hard sunlight clipped the dead guy at the waist. A vulture scootered in and took a peck on the guy's head wound. I figured I would let them have him. I called out once more, Hola, and got nothing back, except for the echoes of my own voice, fading off like skimming stones into the desert. The guy did not look at rest, he looked dead. Flies were swarming the blood. The overhang was about halfway up the ravine, leading up to a high ridge. I figured I could get up there and have a vantage point. I got around 10 yards up the slope when my peripheral vision clocked the girl. She was hiding in a shady hole, screened by a large boulder. When I came around, I saw her, I leaned back against the rocks, and pointing a pistol at me. The gun was a Glock19 and the girl's hands were steady, eyes wary. Her face was scratched up, as if she had been through thick brush during the crossing. She had an open cut and bruising on the right cheek below her eye. On top of that, she had a swollen lip. Her face and clothes were filthy with mud, dust, and dried blood. She looked like she had been through a lot. I said, I just lost a bet with myself. I'd been convinced that there was no armed person around, and here you are. She wasn't, technically speaking, a girl, more of a woman in her forties. Her eyes were glossy and wide with fatigue. I stepped closer and she raised the glock at me. I could see that there was sand in the barrel, so I figured the guy had fallen on the ground, probably when she hit the guy with the rock. Don't move. The woman had an accent. I said, You've left the safety on and you probably don't have a round chambered. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm going to help you. She smiled. Nice try. There's no safety on a Glock. Who are you? Just a guy out walking. No shit. Just a guy out walking. Is there a trail? I haven't seen one. No trail. I was walking cross-country and saw the buzzards. You have water? I nodded. She said, Slowly. I unslung my backpack and pulled out a water bottle. She took it, pulled on it hard. Didn't spill anything. She said, You have more? I nodded, and she lifted the plastic bottle to her mouth again. When she was done drinking, I said, So what happened? She straightened, eyes circled up and around. I'm not yet ready to believe that you're just a guy out walking, like a tourist. It's too improbable. I agree, but there it is. She shrugged. Okay, Mr. Tourist. Besides that one, there are others who want to kill me. They probably saw you already. If not, they heard you calling out. Maybe they're going to want to kill you as well. I pointed towards the dead guy down the hill. Who is that? Your coyote? Let me guess. He was a nice guy who wanted to rape you. She nodded. Yes and yes he got what he deserved. I said, no doubt. Outstanding work. You've done a good job all around. Ought to be proud of yourself. She frowned. Thank you. I said, I'm guessing that you're part of a larger group crossing over, and now the others are looking for you. Is that it? She said, that's sort of the way it is, but not exactly. A wolf whistle shrieked out from up on top of the ridge. It was followed by a responding whistle from further off. The woman looked at me with wide eyes. I nodded, and I spoke softly. How many? Two. I said, no big deal. If you can give me that gun, I can help you. I'm not giving you the gun. I'm going to use it myself. It might work, her with the Glock against two guys, similarly armed, or it might not, if they had more experience and if she had less experience. Judging by the sand in the barrel, she did not have experience with firearms. I shrugged. It will be harder to help you without the gun. Not impossible, but slightly more difficult. It's going to be tough for you to get them both. They won't come at the same time. Have you shot anyone before? The wolf whistle came again, and a voice cried out in Spanish, which I don't speak. I could see the woman's mind racing, thinking, computing, weighing things up, using intuition and rational calculation, figuring out if I was someone she could trust, deciding, on the balance, maybe yes, maybe no, then leaning on the side of a temporary and cautious maybe. On my side there was no hesitation. She handed me the Glock, I took it, and quickly slid the action back, one in the chamber, I dropped the magazine. Fine. Judging by the weight, it was full. Fourteen rounds, plus one in the chamber. Fifteen total. Good to go. I said, Go closer to the dead guy and call them over. Tell them there's been an accident. She hissed, They won't believe me. Doesn't matter. We just need to draw them out. I walked about fifteen feet up the ravine to a large boulder that was out of sight from the higher ground. I got down in the crease between boulder and hillside. The woman raised her head and shouted something in Spanish. A couple of rapid-fire words were shouted down in reply. I was in the shadow of the boulder and could not see. I could only hear. Footsteps shuffled above me on the ridgetop, and stones tumbled down the hill. Then, the sound of footwear sliding, an increase in pebbles rolling and the grunted breathing of a city-dweller dealing with the wilderness. I peered around the boulder. The woman was there, crouched in the shade near the coyote's corpse. The buzzards were not afraid, relentlessly feeding. A man came into a view and spoke more quietly, in a questioning tone. The woman responded, speaking in a matter-of-fact way. The guy was wearing a white t-shirt, baseball hat, Jeans and cowboy boots. He had his back to me. A pistol grip stuck out of the waistband of his jeans. I waited for the second guy, wanting to get them both lined up. The man in the white t-shirt spoke again, faster and harsher. She said something in response, slower and quieter than him. He grunted something back. Then he reached behind him and took hold of his weapon. I raised the glock and sighted on his white T-shirt. Problem was, the woman was on the other side of him. Then I heard another man's voice, higher pitched, a little out of breath, like he'd just caught up. I moved further over to see around the boulder. The second guy was there with them. He had come up the other side, from below. The second guy was dressed the same way, T-shirt, jeans, cowboy boots, baseball hat. This guy's t-shirt was green, with a Green Bay Packers logo. He had his arms down at his side, relaxed, like they found what they'd needed to find and were about a minute away from being done with the mission. I decided there was not going to be a better angle, or a better time. The woman was on the other side of the first guy, but crouched low and to my left, I sighted the Glock on the white t-shirt and pulled. The Glock didn't kick hard, the polymer frame absorbing well. A bright red hole bloomed between the guy's shoulder blades. I took three steps forward, nice and easy. The gun was up and sighted. The green t-shirt guy had a momentary paralysis, as his brain cogitated what had just happened. That was all the time I needed to put a bullet into his chest. The buzzards scooted away at the gunshots, then returned a few seconds later. I walked up to the white t-shirt guy and put another round into his head. I did the same for the Green Bay Packers guy. The birds repeated the same dance. The woman recoiled against the rocks. She said, Was that necessary? I said, You told me they were going to kill you. Now they aren't going to kill you. Is that complicated? Yes, I mean no. It wasn't complicated. I mean about shooting them in the head. It was necessary. The buzzards were all over the fresh kill. I shooed them away to retrieve weapons from both corpses. I cleared the guns and put them in my backpack. Two had matching Smith & Wesson M&P semi-automatic pistols, like they had been equipped from the same armory. The woman stared in fascination at the bodies, crowded with vultures jockeying for the feed. At the bottom of the ravine, we leaned against the rocks in the shade. We were five miles from Mulier's Road and the rental car. I said, let's get out of here. She nodded. I held out the glock to her. You want this back? She shook her head. The woman took more water. She was keeping her distance from me, crouched back against the ochre rocks. It was hot. The desert was wide open, but the heat was close and stifling. Both of us were covered in a film of sweat mixed with dirt. She was wearing close-fitting old jeans, a grey t-shirt, and a fleece sweater wrapped around her waist. She tossed the water bottle back and looked at me. I tipped the bottle and looked back at her over it. Maybe ten years older than me, but in good physical shape, athletic even. She was good-looking. No belongings, no water, just her and the clothes she was wearing. I said, I'm parked about an hour and a half hike from here. Let's get to the car and take it from there. Her eyes were big and bright with curiosity and intelligence. She said, Okay.